the Tabernacle Podcast with John Vermilier and me, Britton Bishop. What's up, John? We're back. Dude, I just had to thank that whole intro song. Wait, what do I say? Yeah, what do you say, really? <laughs> it's like, one say, month and you forgot what to do say. Do I say welcome? Do I say, and then I Welcome, it, no, yeah. I yeah. Or here's Britton. <laughs> do we do that? No. We are back. We're back, man. It's good to be back. With the unofficial official third host of the podcast. Unofficial official third host. He might be first and we might be second and third. Probably. Ben Brown. What's up, boss? Hey, how you doing, Britton? Ben Brown. <laughs> Hello, yeah. John. Hello. Love it. Welcome back to the office. Back to the office from staycation. Yeah, man. I did a staycation. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Anything uh, good at least? Uh, yeah, we had some good food. Nice. But uh, soccer practice started, so my wife is publicly accusing me of not taking a vacation. <laughs> it's like on message boards, uh, getting bus chucked, but I had a great time. I just, you know, eh. coached, played some golf, ate some food. Watched a lot of war movies with Benjamin over there in the corner. It was a what good was, time. Benji, what was the best one you guys watched over the little break? I don't know. He doesn't know. He <laughs> the doesn't breather's know. back. What was your favorite that you showed? Uh, he and I powered through Band of Brothers. Okay. Again. And I, th- I think we both enjoyed that one a ton. Ball is back. Soccer. Yeah. I don't yeah. My sport has a ball in it. Yours mm-hmm. doesn't. In yes, we do. You yeah. have an egg. We have a ball. <laughs> I've been saving that since you posted. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We have a ball. You have an egg. Hey, but it's back. Yeah. It's a it's good time. It's true. Coaching. Excited about it. I'll tell you one thing. I did not, like, remember. Like, I was super fired up to get back to the podcast. I forgot how hot it is yes. in August when you get four guys in this room. Yes. It's already cooking. Just kind of like I'm breathing a lot of carbon dioxide. Now, don't get me wrong. That, I mean, there's the three gentlemen. I'll gladly breathe your carbon dioxide. There's a musk. But I know you're breathing mine. Sure, yeah, yeah, it's a little musk. <laughs> it's a little musk. So, yeah. so, like so, maybe, so maybe the no free shout outs needs to go to some sort of air conditioning company. Air, you air know? conditioning or just Duke Cannon so at least the musk smells better. So. <laughs> Duke Cannon. <laughs> Not axe, no axe, axe bombs. Anyways, yeah, we're back. I'm back. I'm not complaining, but I'm complaining. What is? I'm going to ask you guys this, just because we haven't been here in a while. So, with kind of the shift of year that is happening, we're coming out of summer officially. Um, When this podcast drops, it'll be summertime is over. I think, based off the way my brain works in Michigan, past Labor Day, summer's over. Yes, yep, that is correct. um, What is you guys' favorite? Like, no free shout out, free shout out, favorite thing about fall. And it doesn't have to be a company. Just your favorite thing about fall time in northern Michigan. Oh, man. Uh, as soon as those you start getting up and there's a little bit of frost on the ground or that cool nip in the air, it starts feeling like, man, I need to be outside hunting. Yeah. I need to be sitting in a stand somewhere. Uh, yeah, I get excited about that. The color change. Just that. The cooler days. Really cool nights. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love fall in northern Michigan. I think I would agree. I mean, that, yeah, that's, I mean, for what I'm going to do personally, as soon as it starts getting really cold, I'm not interested in golf anymore. Right. I'm not like my brother-in-law, Chris Emery, who, you know, there's a thin layer of snow. Hey, I don't think the thick stuff's coming down for a while. I mean, he'll be out there with an orange (laughs) ball. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That was for you, Chris. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, but then also, um, you know, the league that I watch is back Mm -hmm. in. So on a really cold morning, if I'm not out hunting, you know, English Premier League starts at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. What are you going to, I know they're winning some And games. I love college football too. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be my no free shout out, but that's a given. So I'm going to give mine, this is controversial. I'll probably get picked on at this church for saying this, but I like fall flavors. Dude, if you say pumpkin spice latte, <laughs> you might get fired. <laughs> Seth Bush. Square up Seth. No, hey, no. Yeah. Seth this morning told me. Yeah, Heather got this new creamer. It's this pumpkin cream right I put in oh, my coffee this morning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> get, hey, we're getting with, we're festive. Oh, we're festive. Oh, my goodness. All Listen, right. I have October. four daughters. <laughs> I have four daughters, all right? Four white girls. <laughs> Whiter than white. Yes, and they do not like the official white girl drink of fall, which is pumpkin spice latte. Well, yeah. I married the, uh, if there was a Mount Rushmore for white girls, Hope Bishop would be in the, <laughs> in the middle. Right, Target, Starbucks, uh, Chick-fil-A, Target, again. Oh, how does she feel that. about pumpkin spice? She's all about the pumpkin okay. spice. So, but I was just kidding. It's if you like pumpkin spice, whatever. Definitely college football. My no free shout out is boneless wing calories don't count on Saturdays. Amen. So bone-in wings count, so chicken nuggies. Bone-in No wing. calories in <laughs> yeah. your nuggets. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're back, though. And uh, ministries are. kick off. We should be excited about that, too. Oh, yeah. I guess. 
No, <laughs> no, that's, but you know, yeah, from a yeah. church standpoint, uh, there's a there's like a revitalization of the energy that happens mm-hmm. uh, after Labor Day around here, where yeah, ministries are kicking off. Um, oh, that's right. All of our fall. Yeah. Remember we do ministry. Around no, here. no, 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 no. I'm saying people start coming back in droves. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. people you haven't seen all summer. It's like, oh, we're camping yep. all summer. Still yeah. Open? How do I get your job where you <laughs> could camp all summer? <laughs> oh, we're just camping, just bonfire, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're back. I mean, that's like the Michigan you person, you know? And it's like, we're back homeless. in church. You know, we're back in church. I got that 32 <laughs> foot camper, man. You got to make an payment on it. You got to use <laughs> yeah, it while the sun shines. You, got, you got like nine weeks that you can use it during the summer. We're going to, yeah, get the money's worth don't. out of it. But hey, if that's you, we're fired up that no. you're back. It's All like, right. thanks for taking the yeah. summer off. Some yes. of us had to work, but you know, yeah, you're back. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that I took might, a vacation. It might be calling the pottle, or the, or the, the pottle might be calling the kettle black right there. Mm. But uh, here's my thing. At least you didn't act homeless while you were on vacation. No, I stayed in my house. Yes. I didn't sleep outside one hot time. Take. Camping is stupid. That's going to make people mad. <laughs> Camping sorry. is biblical, man. <laughs> Nehemiah. It's in there. It's in there. They all gathered together and they and pitched wanted tent. to set up a tent. <laughs> yes. The original well, tabernacle was a tent. Yeah. yeah. So, well, not anymore. It's metal. So. Yeah. But we're the here. camper. Yeah. <laughs> but we're kicking off. It's exciting times. I, I'm excited because. You see slowly, right, the excitement build as pastors. You start to get the questions on Sundays or, hey, when's this starting back up? Or when is this going to take back off? Or have we thought about doing this? And you're like, that's a great idea. You should start that. But uh, all the things that are going on, people are excited. And I don't know, there's something, at least at the Manistee campus, I haven't spent much time in Buckley this summer, but there's just something in the air where you can just feel it. Oh, definitely. Right? And it just, it kind of like, it truly reminds me not to beat a dead horse with my analogies but it really does remind me of like those few weeks before season starts where mm-hmm. people are just getting excited about what's going on and they're excited about what's about to happen and so i'm pumped to see what god does um in and through our church yeah. um in the following months because it's it just you can feel it i don't know and that's not just me that's not a homie pick that's you can really feel it oh yeah i've been down to manistee and you can definitely yeah they're with the staff with the volunteers mm-hmm. congregation as a whole um, people are fired up. Same thing here in Buckley. Uh, you know, when when you got enough people on a Saturday or on a Sunday after church at, between services that are coming to Martin Rizzi, who loves to people, right? He like mm-hmm. he is the he is a, the peopling king, man. He peoples me out, man. Oh yeah, but and when he's he's going, I I'm exhausted. <laughs> I had so many people talking to me about getting plugged into Fight Club or Tab mm-hmm. Women, or they want to get plugged in and start serving here and you know, just be yeah. a part of the church and make the church theirs. Cool. Uh, when, when you got that many people and Martin's walking away going, Whoo, <laughs> what just happened? What well just done happened? tabernacle. Yes. That's what I say. Yes. Wear him out. Cause if he's worn out, he won't wear us out <laughs> oh, <laughs> on man, Monday and Tuesday. Love Martin yeah. is awesome. Love he, uh, no, he, he's really good. Got way more at energy getting than people I do. Connected, mm-hmm. uh, finding a place for them. Yeah. Uh, that's why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely huge amount of energy. So we got, Fight Club's kicking off uh, for our what we're going to call our fall semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got our Tab Women groups kicking off. Uh, Foundry on Wednesday nights of mm-hmm. you know the Tab students. Yep. They're going to be getting back together here. Uh, we've got merge happening in at both campuses uh, end of September for Manistee following weekend, which I believe first weekend in October for Buckley. So, Best meal you'll get for free at the Tabernacle happens at Merge. Yeah. Merge. That's, my, that's my one piece of advice. So I actually had somebody, you know, come up to me and they're like, hey, so what is this Merge? And and, and so I was, you know, trying to explain it to them this weekend. Um, merge is just simply an opportunity for you to get together with some of the staff, some of the volunteers, some of the board members. And we talk through some of the DNA here at the Tabernacle. We talk about what we mean when we say big rocks, cracked pots, dominoes gets you a chance to uh, maybe ask some questions about theology that we have here. Uh, you know, the things that we will hold sacred and are absolutely non-negotiable. Uh, and, and just talk about different church experiences you may have had. Uh, it's There's some uh, stage teaching time. Uh, that's Actually, we do most of it through video. We've got a great meal we get to have together. It's one night, and then we've got time at tables. Yep. Every table has a, has a, has a lead. Uh, just to be able to sit down, get to know some of the people in your church. And it's a Absolutely. great opportunity uh, if you're just, you know, kind of dipping your toes into our church and want to get to know a little bit more and you've got some questions. That is the thing to come out to. So mm-hmm. That's also, before you get to merge, you should just go back and pre-listen to 
Big Rocks, Cracked Pots, and Dominoes. That way you know what questions you want to ask. Right. Those are podcast episodes. No free shout outs. Shout mm-hmm. out to podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then with that, we also, um, seems like every year we do some type of fall kickoff event type thing. And I, I'm excited about this year's because it's not an event as much as it is, I think, becoming a piece of our culture. Yeah. And that is one that is just this invite piece. And it's not um, centered around like this crazy themed thing. It's just like, hey, if God's done something in your life, why wouldn't you invite somebody else to be a part of that? Whether that be, you know, when I started serving at Tab Kids, I experienced community in a really cool way. And uh, I think you could benefit from that or um, whatever the ministry might be. So uh, I don't know if you guys want to unpack and invite. Sorry, John. I shouldn't have said unpack. Uh, if you guys want to uh, <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> talk about yeah. yeah. I didn't yes. even know what word to use. Well, so, so, <laughs> so the whole concept with this and, and you know, as a pastoral team, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've sat and we've talked about this and we're really fired up about it because the reality is, um, pretty much all of us ended up where we are, uh, by simply saying yes to an invitation. But there was somebody on the other side of that that said, Hey, thought, looked us in the eye and said, would you like to come to this? Would you like mm-hmm. to be a part of this? And for me, uh, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, one of the messages so much of my discipleship has happened that way mm. by going along with people, by being next to people, by rubbing elbows with people. Uh, and, uh, so this whole concept of invite is simply, um, you know, a challenge to the congregation. Number one, to think about how did you end up as part of the tabernacle and what was that invitation that got you here? Second piece of it, who is it, is it, who do you know? Who has God laid on your heart? Somebody that you could bring along with you. Mm. Now, whether it is to a church service, whether it is to maybe serve alongside you in a ministry that you're just having a blast uh, in taking ownership of your church. Maybe it's just inviting somebody over for coffee, yeah. uh, inviting a family over for have a meal with you, and just getting a chance to for them to be in proximity uh, to you know whatever Jesus is shining out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the concept of this invite is really to create kind of a pointed moment where uh, on the weekend of September 11th, 10th, 11th, yep. I think that's what it yeah, is. 10th, yeah, 11th. that second weekend of September, uh, both of our campuses, we're going to have all the ministries are going to be available. Be this weekend. Yeah, it would be this weekend yeah. from when this is going to yep, drop. exactly. Man, I got to do math in my head. <laughs> Gosh, I got to okay. need a calendar. I don't even know what month we're in right now. Yeah. <laughs> What's my name? But as we're doing this, uh, this is an opportunity for anybody in the congregation. If you're serving on a team uh, and you're finding that, man, there's a lot of great people. I just get to be around. Think about this. Pray mm-hmm. about it. And invite somebody to be a part of that. Uh, all the ministry leads are going to be available in between services at both campuses. You can walk up, introduce, hey, this is Victoria. You know, she's creative arts director. Hey, this is Matt Hughes. He's our tech director. You'd love serving on the tech team with us. We have a great time, whether it's down in Manistee. You can see David. You might see Lindsay down there. You can see Valerie with Tab Kids. Um, and, and then, really, it's, it's not a recruitment. It's not a job fair. This whole movement that we're talking about here is, is really how disciples are made. Yep. And it's how Jesus even started this whole Christianity movement was just simply an invitation. Mm-hmm. So that's what we really want to focus on this fall here at the Tabernacle. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to invite somebody along. We're trying to make it easy, trying to make it uh, you know accessible for as many people as possible. Um, but really, if you're looking and you're really taking this discipleship thing seriously, you want to be discipled. You need to get around other people that are following mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, and if you're looking and you're like, man, I'm really not discipling anybody. I'm not showing anybody the way. I'm not pointing anybody to Jesus. This is the easiest way to do it. There is, you don't have to take somebody through a workbook. Nothing wrong with workbooks. You don't have to necessarily sit down and do a Bible study with somebody. You can. That was actually a big part of my discipleship uh, was somebody met at a men's retreat, started inviting my wife and my kids over on a Sunday afternoon, have a little food. And then he'd crack open the Bible and was, hey, there's this thing in Second Kings, and I've just been looking at this, and I want to know what you think about it. And it was as easy as that. And it just starts happening. Yeah. So there, I'm, there, there's my plug for invite. Anything else? Yeah, I think that's what the whole podcast is about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about, about invite. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You have any thoughts? Yeah. I got some, uh, uh, you know, when uh, Ben told me, I think it was yesterday, or no. 
actually it was during the service because <laughs> uh, I was on staycation and mm-hmm. I they were like, oh, here's a campaign we're unrolling called Invite. I had some thoughts and and uh, I mean it's it's like like you said, Ben, it's something we've done since uh, the beginning. It's what Jesus did from the beginning. Jesus began by inviting men and women, young and old, come and follow me. Um, he said, come and follow me and I will give you rest. Come and follow me. Here's an invitation and I'll make you fishers of men. Um, it's interesting there in the gospels when he says, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He's inviting them to become inviters just mm-hmm. like he was Yeah, because he's a fisher of men. Um, and, and the invitation to, to have life, John ten ten and have it to the full. So Jesus is always inviting, but we go all the way back. God's, God's presenting us an invitation since the beginning. So, you know, before the podcast, I had to do a little search on the word invite because I always like to see what does it say in the, in the good book, right? And in, in, in Zechariah chapter three, it gives this, you know, really cool picture. I'm not going to read it, but it, it's this really cool picture, uh, this prophetic picture of this high priest named Joshua who's standing before the Lord. And Satan is also standing there accusing him. And Joshua, the high priest, has filthy garments. And there's this back and forth in this prophetic, you know, vision that Zechariah had. And uh, Satan is rebuked because he is accusing Joshua, this high priest. And he's given clean garments by God. And, um, and, and it, you know, he's been purified and all his iniquities are taken away. And, and, and it's a picture of the gospel. Yeah. This is a changed life. This is Joshua, right? And so it's a prophetic picture of the gospel. And then at the very end of that little uh, passage, it's in Zechariah 3, it says, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to engrave this inscription, declares the Lord, I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. And then in verse 10, it says, in that day, declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to come under his vine and under his fig tree. And he's saying there's something about this transformational work of the gospel in a life mm. that should or will produce people that invite their neighbors to come and experience the same life change. And so that's all the way back in Zechariah chapter 3. We know about Jesus in the gospel. And then you go uh, to uh, Revelation 19 where, where uh, it says, Blessed are all of those who are invited, who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, those who are saved, right? And so we're big believers that our ministries all point to Jesus. They all point to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, even Merge, you know, Merge is just an on-ramp into the direction that this people, this church is moving. We're moving in a direction. You show up on church, you know, a couple, three Sundays in a row, and you're like, man, they're going and, you know, these people are going to Foundry, these people are going to Fight Club. There's, I, I don't know where I'm going. Well, get on the on-ramp with Merge, and it kind of, all the secret language is yeah. explained, <laughs> right? You know? And so I love this picture of Jesus inviting, God inviting, neighbors inviting, disciples inviting, fishers of men inviting, students inviting. And to be honest, it's the way this church has always grown, people being dominoes and getting out there and being an invitation, but also opening their minds as an invitation. Yeah, for sure. I think just, I don't know, like when I think about invite, because something you just said there, like when you're like, like when your life is changed by the gospel, you're now called to then go and invite people to come along. And I think about my own life and the people who, like one that comes to mind is, uh, I've told this story tons of times, but just the girl Erica at Fort Hay State University who I have not seen since the day. But we're walking through the quad at Fort Hayes and she's five foot Rizzy and comes walking across the quad and sees me. And she's like, hey. Did you just say five foot Rizzy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not run past that. That was amazing. Benji just about spit his Coke out over there in the corner. Uh, but Sorry. she uh, comes across and she's like, hey, there's church tonight. Do you want to come? I was like, no. And she's like, well, there's going to be free food. And I was like, okay, well, be strategic when you're inviting. I was like, yes. <laughs> Lead with that. No, she, but she invited me. And, uh, and I went to church that night. I didn't want to be there necessarily, but I went. There was something... God was doing something already. There was a there was a seeker in me that was wondering, is there something more to life than 
what I was living for at this point, which was just all the substances, right? And the world and possessions and all this stuff. And I was like, is there something more? There's got to be something more, right? And she invites me and I go and I hear the gospel presented in a really clear and effective way. And I give my life to Christ um, that night. And then as you get to know people, you get to hear the backstories of that. And she goes, actually, that that morning, um, my boyfriend and I were at coffee and he played football with you. His name was different Trey than the one that the Tab family has met and knows. But we played football together. And he told her, hey, if you see Britton Bishop around campus today, you should invite him to church. He's like, I'm going to keep my eyes out too. But if you see him around campus, you should invite him to church. She's like, okay, sounds good. But just that whole thing of people hearing their life has been changed by the gospel and now it's like, no, let's bring people along with us, right? And I was no by no means like the guy that was like, yeah, he'll come. Like, right. he's ready, you know? But, but for some reason, he yeah. was, you specifically yeah. were on his mind that day. Yep. And there's, just, there's a sensitivity to it, right? And I think that the people that listen to the podcast, like, there are people that come to mind. Oh, yeah. And that's, on, that's not an accident, right? And I think that we do a disservice to the Spirit of God that lives in us whenever we just ignore that or we think like, oh, maybe that was just a thing I saw or – no, that's that's on purpose. And I got invited. And then I got to go to church that I would have never gone to on my own, right? And then I got to come into relationship with Jesus. And fast forward six years, now I'm sitting at a podcast table. Why? Because a dude had somebody come to mind. He was drinking coffee with his girlfriend at the time, now wife, and said, hey, if you see this guy, invite him to church. That simple. And it's like, oh. Yeah, God's way bigger than our abilities because she didn't do anything. She just said, there's church tonight, free food. I didn't see her once I got there, right? The, ch- the rest of the people did all the other stuff once I got there. But she just said, hey, do you want to come? And I, just, I don't know. I think of my own life and how grateful I am just for like those people saying yes in that moment, right? Just like if they don't say yes right there, what happens to my, what, what does my life become, right? I trust that God is big. We serve a big God and he's not completely dictated by our ability to do what he calls us to all the time. But I think it's a cool picture of what just saying yes and the impact, the eternal impact, not only that it's had on my life, but the stuff that's came out of it too. So I don't know. That's a, that's one time I've been invited and I could go, I mean, there's a gamut of stories of times I've been invited, but what about you guys? Is there a story that comes to mind from your life that was like, man, if they, that invite really kind of changed everything. Yeah. I think, you know, we had been attending church for a little while. And, you know, that had all started with an invite to a Bible study. And then I was invited to just be part of uh, a serving team. I Actually, it was a one-on-one going, hey, you know, you're, you're around here a lot. You seem like you're on fire. And uh, you like to be, you know, just part of a team, like just be part, like taking ownership of the church. And, you know, I'm like, sure, you know, what, what, what do we need to do? And. I got to actually start serving on the tech team, you know, running sound. And I didn't know what I was doing. And that wasn't like the, that, there was no, uh, you know, interview for that as far as well, what kind of knowledge do you have? Uh, they were just grateful to have somebody that was, would be right. willing to stand there. Warm body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you fog a mirror? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was great. And it was, uh, um, but what was really cool about that was you know, it was a one-on-one invitation. It was, is you know, actually it was, wow, you, want me to be a part of this Mm. yeah and that was probably the beginning of me starting to take ownership of of my church family like of being able to say no i'm going to be a part of this an active part of this and it started with that invitation and that things just grew from there Mm -hmm. um you know I, i loved it and what that enabled to me to do is that i started to get to know some other people that were part of the church who were taking ownership and uh that was really inspiring you know, like I just, I'm thinking through people that have been around here for a long, long time. Uh, you know, like Steve Arnett, I got, ser- I started serving next to him on the tech team. And I mean, this guy who knew every wire, every plug, <laughs> every dimmer switch, he knew where everything was. Well, he put it there. And because he yeah. probably put it there, you know, and, uh, you know, he, there was a story behind everything mm-hmm. because I mean, back then the tab, there, there was no money. It was like, if anything was going to happen here, the materials were going to have to fall off a truck somewhere <laughs> and somebody was going to have to put them in on a Sunday afternoon. Um, but you know, there was just, there, it was being able to start being serving next to him and a couple of other guys and a couple of the ladies. Uh, it just started to feel like, no, I'm really a part of this church now. And I'm, this is my church. Yeah. 
uh, you know, it all belongs to Jesus, but I'm, I'm taking ownership for this. And that, that was huge. Just that, you know, so when we talk about serving here at the tabernacle, it isn't just about trying to get free labor. That right. It's a vehicle, it's a tool um, for people to start to be discipled and to take ownership of their church. Because this isn't our church. This mm-hmm. is like yours, mine, John's. We, we had, it's no more part of, it's no more our church than it is anybody else who calls this place their home. Mm-hmm. And then we're all invited to take as much ownership as we're willing to and in, in seeing it be a healthy place, uh, being someplace that's welcoming, being at someplace that, um, you know, is free of distraction. Uh, and whether that's serving with Foundry, uh, just yeah. giving kids rides home from Foundry Camp. Yep. And all the stories that, just from that, just mm-hmm. the car rides, you know, yeah. coming home from that, you know, there was... That's serving. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you hit on too with it was, wait, you want me? That individual, right? The one-on-one, like the importance of seeing the one person in those invites, I think is a key piece too, because there, there's not very, when you see Jesus calling the disciples, it wasn't just like a mass to the 5,000 people like, hey, come on guys, and then we'll just figure out who's the best once you get here, right? But he was he was pointed, he was intentional with his invitations. And I think that that, that intentional invitation, because I think it brings value because there's so many times where you hear the invitation to the whole group and you're like, oh, they're probably not talking to me. But I think whenever you're intentional enough to say like, no, hey, Ben, we want you to serve on the tech team. No, we want you. And I think that that is a huge piece to that whole invite thing. If you're somebody listening, it's like, man, you know what? I want to invite somebody. Like it's more than just a, and these are good, right? Than just sharing and saying, hey, if you want to come to church this weekend, come join me on Facebook or whatever, right? No, think of one person and make a phone call because that can go so much further, I think, and our efforts can be so much more fruitful if we're intentional with them rather than just kind of taking the easy mass group invite. I don't know. So, yeah, that's just something that I think is key to that invite piece is the intentionality to see like one person, just one person. And I think that that's cool. It's a cool story. About you, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking about invitations I've received, and I'm not thinking about my faith journey now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know that being invited um, by God to become a child of God, being invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, being white, you know, invited to the table that that's that's what what we're a part of. Even as like an evangelist, uh, you know, when I travel and speak, you know, the part of the service. The church or event, you know, say, hey, like, what song would you like to be played during the invitation, which is the correct term for the altar call back in the day. You know, when when church, if you're in a church experience that had an altar call, that's technically called the invitation, right? Well, this is getting God's people involved in that. But I'm trying as I'm thinking, listen, you guys talk, go back even further, is what it was like to be like in fourth grade (laughs) when uh, somebody was having a birthday party birthday you know and and it's like uh, you know there's the some families that well we're inviting everyone in the class because they're lunatics you know (laughs) but then when you know that one cool kid's inviting like the two or three bros you know to go to his house hey or just if it wasn't a birthday it was just like a sleepover so it's like hey man you want to come to my house this weekend you know or whatever and you know that friend in port au prince haiti had an in-ground pool and it's very hot and the answer was yes (laughs) right (laughs) but an invitation is something that's given and and there's something relational behind it. Yeah. It's like I care enough about you to say, you know what? This impacted my life. You know, I went to you know the the camp this summer, you know, with all the students and it and it impacted my life. And I want to invite you to our weekly thing that's called Foundry. Yeah. There it's 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 intentional, but it's also relational and it it demonstrates loving people. Yeah. And and the invitation is for everyone. You know, have you ever been invited to someone's house uh for a really nice meal? Yeah. And it's just like like I remember getting invited to Ben's house. I may have invited myself. <laughs> I'm not sure. But being invited to Ben's house and he was making french fries. Mm. I mean like ridiculous, like better than Gibby's fries. Right. And he's making these fries and he couldn't make them fast enough because I'm just standing there like, hey, are these done? No, we're going to, oh, we're going to fry them again because they look good to me. You know, yeah. And I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I've also been to really fancy things, but like that was just legit. And and when you receive an invitation and you accept an invitation, I don't accept all the invitations I get. And and so, you you know, I'm going through even thinking about why don't people invite? 
well, hopefully there's, there's, there's a great product. You know, even if you don't go to our church, you go to someone else's church, man, it, invite them to your church. Yep. If, it's, if it's a good enough product or you believe in the experience or you believe in the God that has the bread of life there, why wouldn't you invite him for a meal? 100%. I think about like how quick we are to tell people about like, I remember the kick. We, we, we have these spans at our church, I've noticed with our staff, of when we get excited about a specific thing, whether it be a series on TV or the new restaurant that we tried in Traverse City or whatever it might be. And I think about how excited we get sitting at the high top table up there talking about these things, right? Like I remember when Barrio first hit the scene oh, in yeah. Traverse City, how excited all of us were to not just talk about like, hey, there's this new taco place. Like, no, you have to go. And then it got to the point where it was like, all right, Adam's not going to know how to order if I don't go help him. So I'm like, <laughs> Adam, will you go with me to this new place so you can experience this with us? And then you go and it's like, if I'll get that excited about tacos, and not normal tacos, we're talking about double shell, cheese, yes. bacon, praise God. Uh, <laughs> but like, how much more exciting should we be? How much more excited should we be to invite people along to this journey that is experiencing the gospel in its fullness, right? It's not, I don't know, there's such a communal aspect to experiencing the love of Christ that comes from being a part of the body. And I I just think that that is missed sometimes in the culture that we live in today because it's such a come in, get my fix, and I leave and I come back next week. And nobody's really experiencing like a deep community aspect. And for those people that do stick around long enough and they do say yes to the inviter. They do take the risk to invite themselves and they find themselves in those spaces where, man, this is becoming real because now it's not just words we're reading or or messages that we're hearing, but it's life that we're experiencing, whether it be with this team or in this Bible study or wherever it might be. There's, there's the, not that the gospel preached isn't enough. It is enough a hundred percent, but there's something about when you experience it in those groups, when it's not just we're talking about how do we love people, but now I'm experiencing what it's like to be loved like Jesus loved. And I think that the for the people that listen to the podcast that have had those moments, right? Because I think about at both our campuses, and uh, there's so many groups of people that there's incredible communities in our church, right? There's In Kingsley, there's an incredible community of people that are doing life together. There's an incredible community of people in Manistee that are doing life together. In Buckley, doing life together. And I think there's a lot of people in our communities and in our world that are missing out on that aspect, right? We live in a culture that isolates. And so I think a part of that invitation is pulling people out of that isolation and inviting them into the community that is what the gospel offers through relationship. And uh, I think that's a key aspect too. And that's something you said was it's relational. And I think that that is a key piece too with that invitation is it's more than just a one time, Hey, do you want to come? But it's, do you want to do life together? Do we want to see what this looks like? Because I mean, your story where you said, like, no, they invite us over on Sundays and we ate food and we read the Bible together. And I'm sure that was a repeating thing, right? Oh, yeah. And I think that that produced a lot of cool fruit that came out of that. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, uh, there is, you know, that relational piece. Um, you know, I was scrolling through just looking more scripture in John chapter one. Uh, this is the calling of the first disciples as John records it. He says, uh, uh, one, one of the two who heard Jesus speak. And followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. There was an invitation. I'm sure that Andrew didn't like bind him and gag him, (laughs) right? Right. And drag him there over his shoulder. He invited him to come. And then a few verses later, the next day, Jesus went to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael. And said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, he invited and the guy was like, why would I want to go to church? You know, why would I want to go hear about Jesus? And uh, Philip said to him, come and see. He didn't try to explain to him, well, look, he's about, you know, five foot ten, you know, or, you know, he's got brown eyes and flowing blonde Fabio hair like all the paintings. I mean, mean, he didn't try to do any descriptions. He didn't try to say, no, there's just a way about him, the way he speaks, the way he talks. Oh, the music's really great. He goes, bro, just come and see. And what I love about Invite, it's the simplest thing you can do because the entire, at least my entire relationship with God feels like just one invitation out of after another 
I mean, someone invited me to give my life to Christ. Someone invited me to, you know, give him my yes. It's, it's constantly like to this, you know, these deeper levels of following Jesus and what's the next thing. And, and, and it's specific to each person, but for us participating in that, it just starts with inviting someone who's been hurt by church. Okay. Give church one more shot. Trust me. We'll hurt you in a more spectacular way than you've ever been hurt before, but it's worth it, right? Uh, sorry, that was a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of 19 years in ministry here, but um, it's, it's an invitation to someone who's never experienced church. One of the weird things about living in a small town is I know a lot of people inside the church and outside the church, and sometimes I can get a little frightened like, man, have I invited everybody? I, you know, I have it. And, and so, you know, I'll find myself, you know, at the general store or at the post office or, you know, just wherever I'm interacting, you know, with parents of kids that I coach or whatever. And I'll, and I'll just, you know, look at them and, and say, Hey, do you, do you have a church? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, just so you know, you're invited to mine. And, and just it, not that it's my church, right. but the church that I'm a part of. Yeah. Right. In fact, I remember there was a couple Easter's ago, um, Man, I was going after everybody on my soccer team. And just as opportunities arose, I would talk to a parent. And I'm inviting these parents to, you know, uh, these two sets of parents are standing there right after the game. I was like, hey, um, uh, wherever we were, it's like, hey, I'd love, I'd love for you to come to this special service. Maybe it wasn't Easter. Maybe it was closer to Christmas. Or so. I, in fact, now that I think about it, I'm getting old. I texted them because if it was Christmas, it would have been winter. If it was Easter, it would have been before the season. But I texted both of these families said, would love for you to come to an Easter service. And one of them said, thank you so much, John. We have a church. We're inviting people to our church. I had no idea they were even Christians, not because of their behavior, just because I didn't know them that well. But the cool thing was the other couple that I texted, they ended up coming with their whole entire family for a whole Easter service. So we're not trying to get people's tab to do something that we don't do and we don't live out well i think too we've experienced it we do the same thing sorry well you're invite like you're not inviting as the pastor of the church you're inviting those people as a member of the tabernacle exactly and so like that do you want to come to my church i think it's safe to say you all have permission to save my church because this is all of our church and that's what i think is the key piece is it's not this isn't just a place we work that's my favorite part of being a part of the tabernacles this is the church that my wife and I belong to. This is our family. It's not just a paycheck. It's not just the place that I show up to with an office now, right? But uh, this is this is our family. And I think that that's a key piece too as you go out and as you're inviting, is you're not invite like, it's your church, right? Take ownership in that. If, if Take ownership in the fact that this is where maybe your family has encountered Jesus and your marriage has been revitalized or maybe that your relationship with your kids has been rejuvenate, whatever that is, right? Take ownership of that and take that life that's been given to you through Christ and his church. And now let's go spread the good news that is there's a place that, that we want you to come and be a part of, right? And it's not because of the tabernacle, it's because Jesus is there. And I think that that's a key piece as well. But yeah, I think taking ownership of the fact that this is my church. So I have a question. So You're not the only one who gets asked questions here, buddy. Okay. So my question <laughs> Because I've interviewed before. When you're gone, I get to sit in that chair. When you're fired, um, what are some reasons you think people don't invite? Mm. Just speculation. Yeah, um, and maybe it's true for you. Yeah, I think for me, sometimes when I don't invite, is uh, I get scared of what will they think about me, and they're gonna say no. So fear. Yeah, fear. Yep, fear of the response. Fear of what will? They, am I just a Bible thumper? Right. I mean, that happens to me when I'm in the high school and I get to that. I mean, let's just be real for a second. We can be real on this podcast. There are these moments of, will they still think I'm cool? Yep. Will they still think I'm cool if I invite them to church? Man, I've been working so hard for this person to like me. Will they still like me? And so I think those are some key pieces in my life um, that that come to mind when it's like, you should invite this person. And my self-image comes to play before um, the gospel. That's just the sin in my life sometimes that keeps me from inviting. So we're just brainstorming here. We'll put yeah. some other reasons you think. Fear? Uh, it it could be that uh, somebody hasn't hasn't been invited themselves. Mm. Uh, you know, to like 
doesn't feel really connected yeah. to the church family and hasn't experienced uh, the benefits that come from uh, being part of a community of believers. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, however deep you want to take that. Yep. Um, and, and if you're just, so if you're just, if you really haven't decided that, no, this is my church yeah. and, or, well, or viewing it as more from a com- consumer mindset yep. is the church is there, the church building, the church staff, and the, all these people who serve are there for me uh, so I can come in, so I can get my coffee, so I can sit in the seat, um, and so I can get my experience, and then I go. And uh, there isn't, there just isn't a sense of ownership. Yeah. Uh, there isn't a sense of, uh, it, it's more consumer yep. mindset. Um, and it, it, sometimes that's where people need to be. Sometimes it is, it's a, it's a time of life or, uh, came out of something. And the best thing for you to do is to just, is come and sit and be. Yeah. Um, maybe there's some healing that needs to happen and, and that's where, so we're not, uh, we're not talking about that right now. Um, but if we have strictly a consumer mindset, um, and, and we haven't really decided we're going to take ownership of this. Mm. Uh, and we don't feel that it's really my church. If it's more just a place I go on Sunday yeah. to hear the message, um, there probably isn't a lot of drive to bring somebody along. Yep. So I'll add to the list complacency. Yep. Yeah. We get complacent. We get comfortable. We like we the get lazy. that we have there. Pardon? We get comfortable. I think that complacency is, well, my community's already here. Why do I need more people? Like I think the clickiness that happens sometimes in church mm-hmm. and we get comfortable in those groups. And so we don't want to invite people into that because they could mess it up. Or we end up in, we find ourselves in a part of our life where we don't know anybody <laughs> or we don't associate with right. anybody who doesn't already go to church. Mm. The group of people we hang out with, the group of people that we spend time with, it's all, they're already, they're already established. And so we look around and it's like, oh, do I know anybody that doesn't go to doesn't church? Go to church? Yeah. Do I know anybody who's just started coming to church. Oh, I've got my group of friends. We've all been here for 140 years <laughs> and you know, we, we all have the same likes and we know what each other is great. Mm-hmm. But if we're not, if we're not willing to put ourselves in proximity to other people, we're it, it lost people. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's yeah. a hard thing. And so, um, no, that's there, a form a, of complacency. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. It, well, or, or we, you can just find yourself there or there's the fear of going and hanging out with people who aren't yeah. Oh my gosh. What well, you they see these things on me, and it's like, well, that's <laughs> are they contagious? Yeah, they might yeah. be contagious. Yeah, and it's like, and it, all sarcasm, obviously, yeah. but or I hope that's obvious. Um, but it, I true. mean, yeah, we so we're called to be out in the world. We're not called to be of the world. Yep. We're, so we're not going to have the same priorities as as non Christians. Um, but yeah, we can go out and we can be in the world. We can go to the Northwestern Michigan Fair, <laughs> and it'll be okay. Yeah. No, or whatever that is, yeah. you can you can go to be part of school, the people you work with. Um, but it it can be easy to get to that point where we just this yeah we've I got know. we've got our holy huddle. Yep, these are the people I like to be around, and um, that's good. We 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 aren't actively willing to field questions from somebody who might be like, "Hey, you go to church? All right, I got some questions <laughs> about this stuff," and it's like, well. It's okay. It's burned down. Or okay, there's another one. We're afraid. We might be afraid that we're going to get asked questions and we're not going to have the answer. So, Christian, right now, it is okay to say, "I don't know." That's a great question. Come and find out. I don't know. So, so I, I mean, the reason I posed that question and that was that was good is, I mean, so we look uh, fear. We heard no matter what shape or form. Mm -hmm. So we're talking to us first, and we're talking. This is God talking to us. What's what's the most repeated command in the Bible in regards to fear? Fear that they'll, they'll reject me. Fear that they won't think I'm cool. Fear that I won't know the answers. Whatever the fear is, what's the number one command we hear from God over and over and over in the Bible? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Yeah. Do not be fear afraid. Not. Do not fear. Right? So as Christians, whom shall I fear? We sing that song, whom shall I fear? So we're not supposed to be ruled by fear. We're supposed to walk by faith. Uh, you know, you mentioned not being connected. Jesus said, hey, abide in me. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be connected. I am the vine. You are the branches. Get connected. The, you know, a lot of people think that that's just some youth ethereal, you know, kind of feeling of me and God. And I, we just have this deep connection and it's unique from anything else. No, he gave us the church. He gave us brothers. 
and sisters. He gave us student ministries. He gave us children's ministries. He gave us he, men connected with we, men and women connected with women so so that we can be connected yeah. with him. So get connected yeah. and help others get connected. You know, when we say complacency, the human beings, all of us, myself included, because I'm a human being, believe it or not, we tend towards inertia, <laughs> right? Where we don't want to move, where we don't want to keep growing, where we don't want to stay in motion. And so it's easy to, to get in our ruts and to get comfortable because we want to be comfortable. Yep. That's what the whole market of the United States of America is. It's about how can I make my life more comfortable? How can I have the easiest easy chair ever, right? How can I... Dude, I'm so lazy, I didn't even go on vacation. It was a staycation, <laughs> right? So, so you know, Jesus said in the book of Revelation, uh, you know, I wish, you know, I'd rather you either be hot or cold, but not lukewarm, because I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. And so, you know, and then last but not least, this, you know, you mentioned the consumer mentality. No, church is just for me. No, Jesus said, what do he say? that we should deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow me. It's yeah. the opposite of a consumer mentality. He yeah. told his disciples, come and I will make you fishers of men. Yeah. So to invite is to participate in the Great Commission, mm -hmm. even if you don't know any Bible verses. To invite is to participate in evangelism. Mm -hmm. To invite is to participate in the mission of God's church that has been for the last 2,000 years. Yeah. To invite is to be a part of the gospel conquering the world. And it's just a simple invitation. Yep. It is the secret sauce. It is the secret sauce. And it just, you know, we when we get over those things, um, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, we were talking about, or you asked me what movies we watched. And and during our, you know, our little staycation, and Benji and I have been on a, a war movie kick. Well, I cheated. And I came in the office one day and had a little chat with Ben just because I wanted to see my friend. And I saw his truck here. And we didn't talk about work, Darcy. Okay. <laughs> we were just talking about stuff. And, uh, um, you know, I asked him, hey, what's a great war movie you saw? And you, you recommended Hacksaw Ridge. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd seen Hacksaw Ridge before. But Benji, it, he, he must have been really young when it came out because he didn't really remember it. So we watched Hacksaw Ridge again. True story. Story of Desmond Doss, um, this Virginia boy who was actually a pacifist, um, but I think it was a battle of Okinawa. I believe so. Uh, where there's this, you know, horrible situation. My and great grandpa was there. Your great grandpa was there. Yeah, that's awesome. Was he a wind talker? Huh? No, that's sorry. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we because we watched that one too. Come on, I respect your people. So. In the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge, this guy Desmond Doss, he uh, he he was he was credited with save, saving like seventy some dudes, mm -hmm. and then he was like, "No, it was only more like 50. And I think the official Medal of Honor uh, citation settled it somewhere in the sixties. But the guy didn't carry a weapon, and he's just carrying dudes uh, off of this cliff and say like wounded men and saving their lives. And it's an amazing story. It's a true story. But what's always stuck with me about that is at the end of the movie, they interview the guy. I promise it's going someplace. And, and, and he's got this horrible Virginia twang. And he Don't says, the accent. He, he says do I'm doing it. He says, the whole time I just kept praying, Lord, help me get one more. <laughs> right? Yeah. And th the first time I heard that in the theater, I got tears. Because that should be my heart. That should... Or I, I feel like that ought to be the heart of someone whose life has been changed by God, who's an inviter. So that goes, Lord, right, help me get one. Yeah, more. and that goes yeah. right back to what Britton was saying earlier about like that name that pops in your head, and we write it off as like, oh, I just was thinking about them. Like when we have that thought, God isn't necessarily asking all of us to go preach to five thousand, but one at a time. I mean, Jesus even called his disciples one at a time. Just went to them one at a time, and so yeah. When when that <laughs> that seems to be how God works, just give me one more God, and then mm. that name comes into your head, and it's like okay, it might be, it might be a little while before you're able to get them, but stay on that, stay on that track, 
and that is the Holy Spirit. I am, I fully believe, and that is, it's been remarkable the number of times that there's been a name or something like that comes up, and in even just sending a text, we talk about this all the time. Somebody's somebody's name pops in your head, and you're thinking about them, and you shoot them a text like, "Man, you're on my heart this morning. What's going on?" And like, then they've got some incredible story about you know some tragedy that just happened that they haven't told anybody about, and 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 they're in tears, and you know you're like, "Holy Moses, am I like?" That must have been spirit inspired. Well, those people that God are putting on our hearts, he might already, he's, there's a good chance he's already working on their heart anyway, and he's just looking for those two pieces of the puzzle to come together. Uh, and we get to be a part of that. So, Sorry, I'm yeah. trying to find a quote. Yeah, it was the Battle of Okinawa, by the way. I had to fact check that. We had to fact check and we got that, that one. Desmond well, Doss. you know, there's another little deal uh, to think about is I've heard older saints in the Lord, you know, quoting, um, I think it's Revelation, or no, it's Matthew 24, where it says in Matthew 24, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved, but for the sake of elect, those days will be cut short. And it's just talking about the end of all things. And essentially what they say is, you know, we need to be about the work of evangelism, which is essentially inviting. Um, Because when the last person, the last member of the elect to use, you know, seminary language, is saved, that's when the Lord will come back. So we have work to do until he comes. And so our, like, we don't know how many are going to be saved, you know, uh, and, and it's not the number that the Jehovah's Witnesses think. That's jacked up. That's messed up, right? But there's a number known unto God. And there, there are persons known unto God that, because he is eternal, he knows who will be saved and who will not. Our job is to just invite everyone we can. Because when the team is full, when the roster is full, when you know all of those who uh, uh, are going to be saved are saved, that's when the end will come. And it can't come soon enough for me. Yeah. So that's the work we're supposed to be about. Absolutely. Invite until he comes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, just that whole piece, that the subtle reminder of, why do I invite? Because I was invited. And that's your reason right there. And I think sometimes when you get complacent, when you get fearful, when you think about all those things, like for me, just thinking back to that one story, what if she wouldn't have? Hmm. What if she wouldn't have? Where would I be? What would my life look like? But she did. Right. And that's that whole piece of I was invited. So I'm an invite. Right. And I think that that is just at the end of the day. And that's why I always encourage people like, Think back to that moment. Get, remember the moment that you were invited to be a part of this because that's going to be what keeps you moving forward is when you can remember what Jesus has done for you because then as you have that on the forefront of your mind, because so often as we come and we get used to it and we forget how good Jesus was to us because it just becomes this like mundane, almost habitual thing of, yeah, that's just who Jesus is. But no, we've all been there, right? And some of us... Well, I've been saved my whole life. No, you haven't, right? There was a time maybe when you were six or seven, but there's been moments where Jesus has became real to you. Think about that. If, it, if you were six years old, go there, right? Ask God, Lord, remind me of what you've done in my life because I think that that is the key to sustaining your go because it's easy to go once, but it's hard to see those people that just go and go and go and invite one more and one more and one more. And I think like that's that's going to be the thing that sustains. It's not... Right. Well, I'll just wait till the next invite thing that the church does and they'll fire Mm -hmm. me up. Right. No. No. What Jesus has done in your life is going to be what gets you out there. So think about that. Remember that. Right. Because of him, we have an opportunity to go change the world. Why would you not want to be a part of that? Like truly, why would you not? If, If Jesus has truly changed your life, if you have actually experienced life change and transformation that comes through the gospel, why would you not want to be a part of taking over the world with that? That's a, that's a real hard check because I think that there's so many people that make any excuse you want of why you can't invite, right? Inconvenience, fear, complacency, consumerism, whatever it is. I would challenge you. If Jesus has changed your life, you should actively be a part of going out and changing lives. And if you're not, I would ask the question, has your life truly been changed? Ooh, that's a tough question. You know, like yeah, that's, that's, that's a serious thing to think about, to ask ourselves, yeah. but I think that that they'll know you're my disciples by your love. Yeah. 
And if you truly love people, there's only one true love in this world, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're a disciple of Jesus, you're going to invite people to be a part of that. If you're not inviting people to be a part of that, silence can be the question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's just, I don't know. And there are times where I have to have that conversation with myself. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, there's no, there are situations where it's like, all right, are you actually going to follow Jesus here or not? Is this the Britain show or are you still a disciple? And like, I'm a pastor. Like this, I get paid to be here. (laughs) And there are moments where I'm in a grocery store or at a football field or in a locker room or hanging out with a student. And it's like, there's an easy way. But do you actually follow Jesus or not? And there's some existential crises that happen in here, right? That I've got to wrestle through. Yeah. And so I'm not saying it's easy. Right? I'm not saying you're going to do it perfect every time. But just like we talked about this last weekend, um, is it's our life of following Jesus isn't marked by perfection. It's marked by direction, right? What are you driving towards? What is your life driving towards? What are you bringing people towards? And I think that's the whole key piece within that. Well, and what I have found for myself anyway is it's, tends to be a, a little easier for me to invite people along when I'm hanging around with a group of people who are excited about inviting other people along. So if you struggle with inviting, you know mm-hmm. what? Okay, Comes find somebody factions. in the church. Get Just get next to somebody who's inviting. Mm-hmm. You want to get excited about inviting, go talk to Dave Dillingham. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a guy who his entire job, while he's out there, out in the world doing business, he is inviting people along. Mm-hmm. Uh, go talk to a Gary Buren. George Butler. Go talk to a George Butler. <laughs> And just spend some time with with uh, with some people. Go talk to a Matt Stevens. Go sit down. Any to a of these, Jen Yost. We yeah, we've got. There are people in this church, and I know in other churches too, who they just get really really excited about bringing people along. And there's genuine joy in their lives. There's uh, you know, it doesn't mean they're perfect. Mm-hmm. We follow people as they follow Christ. Um, but that's part of the discipleship. Is okay. You want to be a better inviter. You want to be. Somebody who's a better disciple maker. You got when you start hanging around with other people who are disciple makers, they're going to show you how. They'll you know Absolutely. they'll say, oh yeah, man, it's just I just say this, I just do this, I just you know pray God. All right, you're going to have to go before me on this one because I'm I'm I've got no power here on my own. And you'll you just by being around it, mm-hmm. it 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 just kind of so starts to soak into you if you're open to it. If you're yep. looking for it and you're open to it, there are people around here. Go talk to talk to Martin Rizzi, man. He's uh, a he's, he's an, an inviter. Inv- yeah. He's an inviter. Um, got a lot of ton- tons of people around yeah. here. Just, but that's when we say about get connected to the church. That that's the why mm-hmm. is is because that's where we learn how to yeah. do some of these um, deeper discipleship things. You know, being saved, getting baptized, um, becoming a follower, taking communion, uh, those sacraments. Those are very important in our walk. And yep. then as that. We're going to become laborers if we're going to. What was the one prayer Jesus said? Lord, just send me some. You know, I I need laborers. Pray to Lord, the harvest for more laborers. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need more laborers, and it's not coffee makers. It's not floor sweepers. It's not toilet scrubbers. That'll get you. That's taking ownership of your church. That's great. Laborers are the ones that are out inviting people to come stand next to the fire yeah. that's burning. Yeah. So in two thousand and three, I became the youth pastor at this church. 2003, 2004. Sorry, was that before you were born? No, close. <laughs> okay, though. just close. Yeah. It's old. Uh, <laughs> we challenged a group of students uh, to invite. We had about 12 meeting in a living room, and a couple of them got excited, and we had 16 maybe the next time. But then they got excited, and uh, we pitched him a question. You know, if everybody just brought one, there'd be 32. That'd be kind of cool. And they believed it and they did it. And then, uh, we did some other things. We opened, uh, what, what's now the food pantry was called is the old village fire barn. So it was called the firehouse. You know, we held a concert there and students printed up their own little invitations and put them in every locker in the high school in Buckley School. And at that little concert that was my brother's band, Joey V and the Resistance, <laughs> right? Um, we had over 130 kids. And 
just coming from all over. They're, they're, we didn't have enough security. We didn't have enough food. We didn't have enough. I mean, it was a ticketed event. And my point is, is we all know that the recent kind of revival within our church, this slow blue flame burning revival that's been going on for about the last 18, 19, 20 years. It's, you know, we've said it started with students. And that's true. But it started with students inviting. And some of those students are still in our church. And now they're moms and dads and have kids and they serve. And some of them are in other churches. Elders serving on churches. Uh, one of them I'm thinking of is now a pastor. You know, he, 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 he wasn't even from a Christian family. He's from a broken home. Went to Indiana Wesleyan, got ordained, became a pastor. So invitation is where it begins. And it's, it's our history locally as a church, but it's the history of the church of Christ since, you know, Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, and yeah. ascension. Good. Come, come and see. see. Oh, man. Same. Come and see. <laughs> come and see. Yeah. I mean, what did the woman say? Come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Yeah, John 4. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. Seems simple. Yeah. Makes sense It to really me. is. And yeah. it, like, what, just for me, this is, very helpful because the idea of discipleship, Western culture yep. can get very complicated. Uh, it can seem very overwhelming and very daunting. Uh, and what I love about Jesus and his plans, he makes it accessible for, for us, mm. for real people just doing our best to live this out. Absolutely. So he keeps it really simple for us. Yeah. And, and discipleship happens with that. It's just getting next to other people and allowing them to get next to us. Yeah. Uh, and as we are doing our best to follow Christ, uh, in every area of our life. Yeah. I love it. Feels good to me. What do you guys think? Yep. My last one, or my last thought is, who can you invite this week? I don't care if you're listening to it in 2022 yeah. or if long after we're dead and someone preserves it, who can you invite this week to wherever God's moving? Yep. Absolutely. Wherever it is. Doesn't just have to be the tabernacle. Yep. But who can you invite this week? That's a good question. You know who I want to invite? I'm not even going to say it. You're no. going to. I'm not going to say it. You're not going to say it? I'm not inviting them. Do it. They're giving out free sponsorships to other people. I don't know, John. I, want, I want somebody to invite me to Chick-fil-A. You want That's someone to invite you to Chick-fil-A? Yeah, I'd like Chick-fil-A to invite me along for, oh, a, ride, wow. for no. a sponsorship. No, we're no not big enough. Out. Gabby will invite you. Yeah, with orange juice and chicken nuggets. John, you've got to start disciplining your kids. No. <laughs> she loves that job so much. Orange she loves that job so much. I give nuggets. them so much free marketing. <laughs> Because if you are in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A and you see Gabby, if you take a selfie, I'm I'm going to post it. Have to. Just because she's a breath of sunshine. Absolutely. Because not only are you getting Chick-fil-A deliciousness, but then Gabby gave you a little bit of joy. Yep. She may be a bear in the car on the way <laughs> and on the way back, but when she's on duty, she's on duty. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so there it is. I if heard you see I Gabby, s- take a selfie, send it to me. So I'll I got to confess it. something, John. Give it to me. It's been eating at me. I heard the uh, Dublin store guys snitched on me a little bit. The Dublin store guys <laughs> did snitch on you because I saw them at baptism. Uh, uh, and apparently we have been getting brats. <laughs> they just don't ever make it to Buckley. We haven't filled out an asset transportation request. There's a form. I, there's a form. <laughs> I what in the world, bro? Okay, it's happened only thought, once. Once? Maybe twice. Is this confession time? It might be. There's but. Father Ben. Confess to him because I'm really ticked. So Dublin, Bless you, my son. The, 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 Devil, the Dublin boys show up with some brats. And in my defense, look at Benji looking at you. We saw no brats. <laughs> He's part I've of. There's our producer. So angry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Benji. Will you forgive me? No. But where'd oh. they go? Huh? Where'd they go? What are you doing? I don't know where they went. They went in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> they went in your belly. We might have eaten them for lunch that day. Oh come on! <laughs> but you wouldn't have liked them. You wouldn't have liked these ones. Why? Because they were blueberry, and I've no, been they were so waiting. Good. They were so good. I lied again. <laughs> you would have loved them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, college football weekend. Maybe a Saturday we could uh, talk Victoria into turning the green room TV into a football TV and have some brats back there or something. I don't know. I doubt the brats will make it across the mountain. They won't make it across Hoden Pile. Uh, but they came in. If I, I, fell out, if I fell out an official asset transfer request for Manistee for brats, it'll make it here. Yep. Then legally, you're legally, legally bound. But there's a form. There's yeah. a form for you're, that. you're bound by HR that That's, you have to get it here then. There's a okay. running joke is Britain will bring it. The odds of it getting out of his car are pretty low. So wow. I'll put stuff in my wow. car and bring it to campus to campus, but I've got stuff 
in there that they're like, where are those, where's that poster? I'm like, ah, backseat. Dublin General Store, I invite you. <laughs> I invite you Fisher to Clan. see if some brats could just make it here outside of the Britain food chain. <laughs> he can't, that supply food chain cannot be trusted. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're running drugs and, and Britain snitching. Use, don't use your own product. But. <laughs> <laughs> we love Dublin. Uh, love it. Dublin General Store. Absolutely. I don't know, Benji. I'm sorry, man. You look so disappointed in me. Benji's going to be at kickboxing with Victoria, and he's just going to be punching me in the face in his head. In the yeah. face. Yeah, sweet. Well, love it. Well, episode one of season three. Check. It's a good time. Yeah, what's the, the overall number? Do we even know? We didn't even look it up, did we? I have no idea. Right. Over 60. I know that. We're over 60. Yeah, because we had the 60th and we didn't do anything special. Or and the 50th. The 50th. <laughs> yeah. And the 25th. Okay, for the 100th, maybe we'll get some brats <laughs> if you Just don't eat them, them first. Right yeah. yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get the, a little one of those little hey, mini Blackstones you know what, right here. Blackstone, no what? free shout outs. Yeah. But a Blackstone grill would be nice for around this oh, place. Oh, yeah, this is episode number 70. Is it? Episode 70. 70. It's episode 70. 70. We're 30 away. Wow. 29. What are we now. doing special for this? For eating hunt. brats? No, <laughs> we're not. We could have been eating brats for our 70th episode because we planned so well. Dublin snore. Store. Snitches get stitches. All right. Okay. So, All right. <laughs> they told me, and I was like, guys, why would you say that to him? Brutal. No, I love it. Sweet. Brutal. Well, Tab family, who are you going to invite? And until next time, this is John, Ben, and Britton, and Benji signing off. Mm-hmm.